Welcome to the Woodland Sermon Podcast. My name is Thane. I'm the online campus pastor here at Woodland Church, and today I'm joined by our executive pastor, Trish Richardson. Trish, how are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Thane. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, this is this is awesome. So uh, this week, Trish brought part three of our series, Puzzled by the Bible. This is a seven-part series. We've been going through kind of the overarching story of the Bible that ultimately culminates with the story of Jesus. Um, but this Sunday, we continued on in that series, and yesterday's teaching spoke about the power of a nobody and how we can position ourselves for God to use us. So thank you for bringing that word yesterday, Trish. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So you spoke about the commandments and the voice of God, and I loved your illustration about how we assume God speaks to us uh, with a deep and booming voice. You used uh, JR's voice for that, and I love <laughs> that. Um, but often it's more of a still and a quiet voice or even a feeling. Why isn't God more obvious with us when he wants us to do something? Well, I think the first question that I would say is, why do we think that God isn't obvious? I mean, we have, we have God all around us all the time. Um, take, for example, Moses. You know, he approached God in the burning bush. He spoke to him directly. But Pharaoh lived in the same time frame, and Pharaoh didn't hear from God. So what's the difference between those two? Well, I mean, Pharaoh's ears weren't open. His eyes no. weren't open. He wasn't looking for God. I think if we proceed through life with an open eye perspective, an open ear perspective, then God is all around us. He's in creation. He's in the voice of our leaders. He's He's in, obviously, his word. Uh, I had a, a friend one time that said, I was listening to secular music, and I suddenly heard this one line in this one secular music, and I, it was clear to me that God was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. So I think it just comes down to, are our ears open? Are our eyes open? Are we looking for God? Because a lot of times I feel like we can explain it away. Oh, absolutely. Like Like God will speak to us, and we'll be like, Oh, that's no, I'm just, I'm just tired or like, or oh, or, or that's a coincidence or, oh, that's good karma. Right. Uh, Cause a lot of times God will move in our lives or speak to us or give us a direction and we'll explain it away to something else. Yeah. I, I gave the story of the mulch, you know, how easy would it be to say that that had nothing to do with God, that that was just a strange coincidence of a tree service. Um, I had a friend that we were talking about, why isn't God more obvious? Why doesn't he talk to us clearly today? And I said, you know, if God wrote in the sky, I am real and I love you. And maybe he even put a loud booming voice with it. Think about that for a second. Think yeah. about the news channel and how they would report that. Uh, NASA is running some kind of tests or there was some kind of strange chemical reaction in the clouds. I mean, we would explain it away as people because our eyes and our ears are often closed to God all around us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating how in our world, I talked about this last week with Pastor Shannon, uh, America, or it was actually Devin, America doesn't share the same desperation that other countries do. Right. We're way too self-sufficient. We're very (laughs) self-sufficient. We're, we are very dependent on our knowledge, our understanding. We love understanding. Like there's entire school ministry schools that are built on understanding scripture. Right. But that a lot of that goes to head knowledge and has nothing to do with the heart. And it's what makes us think that we're somebody. Yeah. See, I, I quoted D.L. Moody on summarizing Moses's life, that the first 40 years, Moses was trying to be somebody. And then the next 40 years, God was showing him he was nobody. Mm-hmm. And then the next 40 years, he was showing him 
what God can do with a nobody. And I think America specifically really struggles with, we still think that we are somebodies. So we have to really grasp that, that concept that we are a nobody, but with God, God can use nobodies. Well, and there's a huge difference in between being sheepish and being humble. Right. Like if, if any of you guys know Trish or myself, there is not a sheepish bone in our bodies. <laughs> we affectionately are clerics. <laughs> yes. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't understand who we are and who we're not. Right. I get that everything that I did on my own, uh, I failed at because yeah. it was on my own. But now I understand that everything that I succeed at is not because I'm so great. It's because I choose to humble myself before God and God chooses to use to use me. Yeah. It, it's it's so good because a lot of people will confuse, oh, well, if I'm going to be like Jesus, if I'm, if I'm going to be Christ-like, I need to be shy. I need to be introverted. I need, And that's that's not it at all. It's God calls us to boldness. And yeah, I feel like that gets so lost sometimes. Many Christians even look at Christianity like a system of rules and beliefs um, to be followed. Mm-hmm but not one of relationship or even that they serve a God of love. They, they it, A lot of people get behind the idea of God of justice. God is a God of justice. Um, but is he a God of love? I feel like we can get confused sometimes. What What is it that we can do when we get those moments where we feel that self-doubt that, well, God is mad at me. I, I messed up. We feel distant from God. Does God leave us? Does he, does he walk away from us? What does that look like? Yeah, no, I understand how we can feel that way. Uh, I mean, I experienced that myself, but you know, God's word says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so I picture every time I feel like this with God, like, oh, you know, God, I had to lower the standard again. I, I couldn't meet the moral code and I failed yet again. My pride wants to run, right? My, my pride wants to run and hide. And I see the same thing in my daughter when she fails to meet a rule in the house or she knows that she might have disappointed me she kind of wants to go hide in her bed and cry and i i go and i seek her out right and i think god seeks us out if we remain open to he that he is love um i go and i seek her out and i say babe what's going on Mm -hmm. and you know she tells me oh i i did this again or i did that again and and my response is always it's okay i love you this is a journey like this is a process I don't expect you to be a 25-year-old successful adult when you're eight. Yeah. And I think we forget to apply that same principle to our relationship with God. He started a good work in us, and he is faithful and just and will complete that work. But that work is not complete today. It's still in process. Mm-hmm. So we just have to remember that when we fail to meet the standard, don't run. Your God loves you. He's your father. Go to him and say, Daddy, I failed again, and let him embrace you in his his arms and his love and his forgiveness. So we have to we have to balance giving ourselves a little bit of a break. Yeah. But yet remember that we do still have to strive to be holy as God is holy. Well, tone is everything. Sure. Like in any relationship, if you you can say what are you doing and you can say what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? Like tone is everything and a lot of times we assign tone mm-hmm. to the voice of God. That isn't his. So the question is, who do you believe God to be? Yeah. That's often where a lot of our problems start, is who we think God is. A lot of times it's not, well, okay, God's mad at me. It's, no, you're just not understanding his voice. What you're When you say, okay, do I trust God? Because a lot of people will say, okay, I want, I want God to move, but I'm having a hard time trusting God. Right. 
or I'm having a hard time that God can use me. A lot of times what that speaks to is not actually a relational in the moment thing. It's it's more of an overarching, do you trust God to be good? Is he truly sovereign? Is he truly holy? Does he truly want the best for you? In the same way with you and Rose, like Rose knows that you truly want the best for her. But sometimes in the moments where we are discouraged, we get confused. It's in the moments of, of pride, honestly. It's like Rose knows that I love her. I know that God loves me. But when she wants what she wants and I'm standing in the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she forgets who I am in that moment because her her pride really is blinding her. So if I want her to do something because I can see things bigger than her and I have experience larger than hers and I love her and want what's best for her, but she wants what she wants, then there's that disconnect. And sometimes I'll stop and I'll say, babe, why do you think I want you to do this? And when she actually sits in that process of, oh, wait, who is mom? And why is she trying to, what feels like control me in this moment? She actually is able to process her way through and realize I'm not trying to control her. I'm actually trying to give her something good. And so that's the disconnect with, with us and God. When it feels like God is this big dictator, this ruler that just wants to control us, we have to stop and say, no, wait a minute. Who is God? Who do I believe he is? Yeah. Even in, so Sarah and I don't have kids yet, but even in marriage, this relates as well is there's a lot of times where disagreements, uh, and yes, even pastors pastors can have disagreements (laughs) with their wives. No, no way. Um, (laughs) You mean we're human too? (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Uh, a lot of times when that happens, we're fighting on the same side of the coin. We're just misinterpreting what the other one's trying to do. Yeah. You want the same thing. Yeah. But you don't necessarily want to get there the same way. And so that's ultimately where it's the pride that comes in and you start to assume the worst of the other person. Yeah. I mean, that's that's human nature. Yeah. Because you have to go back and be like, okay, what am I actually trying to communicate? Not just what are the words that I want to say? Because right. God speaks to us. A, a lot of times it's in a still quiet voice because that it leaves room for faith. Because yeah. we have to believe, okay, God is truly good. In the same way, like I know that Sarah loves me. Even in those moments where she's frustrated or annoyed with me, when she says things, I know that she truly loves me. So I need to filter every word that she says through that. In the same way, when we hear things that are hard to hear in our pride, like you said, from God, we have to be okay filtering that through the lens of God truly loves me and wants what's best for me. So then I can hear it in a different tone. Yeah. And I think that's where the whole still small voice comes from. If you think about it, when someone is calm and sure and wants something good for you, they are, they do speak calmly. But when we get upset and our, our insecurities are, are revealed and our, um, our pride is exposed, that's when our voice is raised. That's when we get loud. So the fact that God's voice is still and small is also it also applies to his characteristic of that God is love. Mm, yeah, it's so good. It, it's a it's a tension. And I, I love, thank you for bringing the word yesterday because it, it shows the balance. With every with the commandments, we, the, you can look at them like a set of rules or you can look at them like a set of bumpers where it's like, hey, God, ha- like God wants to give me a hope in a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. Right. So he, he knows the future that he has for me. It's not one of pain. It's one of hope. And that's really what the Gospels are centered around is hope. Right. And then you always have to ask yourself, 
Who is God? And do you have faith? Because Hebrews 11.1 says faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurances about what we do not see. So as we try to apply these three never lessons, we have to rely on trust and faith in who we believe God is. That's good. All right, guys, that's all that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, A little bit of shameless plug here. This Thursday night, we are going to be at JB Whiskey's in Battle Creek, Michigan for one of our our second iteration of our Woodland pop-up. I am so excited for this. I'll be there. Trish will be there. Pastor Derek's going to be there. We're going to have worship and a teaching. This is an amazing opportunity for you to invite a friend, a coworker, someone in your life that needs to hear the story and the love of Jesus, but in an environment that is relaxed and relationally comfortable. A lot of people wouldn't come to church and be in this building, but they'll go and sit and have a meal with you. So I want to encourage you, invite someone out. We'd love to see you guys at JB Whiskey this Thursday. But for now, we'll catch you next Monday for another episode of the Woodland Podcast.